Hey, you're listening to Orla's Happy Hormones podcast, talking all things female health and wellness. I'm Orla O'Flaherty, a certified naturopath and herbalist, and I'm here to talk about everything from periods, PCOS, endometriosis, health, sex, wellness, and life in general. Here's to happy hormones and a happy you. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Orla's Happy Hormones podcast. We are on to episode 24. We're still going with this. And if you've been following me for the last week, I've been covering everything from perimenopause and menopause. And I know my target audience is realistically mid, late 20s, mid 30s. Well, it's meant to be but I don't actually think it is. I seem to have a whole range of people listening to me at the moment, which I'm very happy about. But over the last few weeks, I've had a lot of inquiries about perimenopause and menopause and women suffering with an awful lot of symptoms for years with certain things. So, And women who are now just starting the change and starting that transition so I've decided to do this week all about the infamous change that change that we all know is inevitably going to come but even myself personally I think I kind of block it out every now and then I'm like yeah no I I don't have to think about that I don't need to be thinking about menopause or perimenopause or the change anything like that but in reality with how fast time is going I kind of do have to think about it yeah look I may only be 32 but if the last 10 years are anything to go by the next 10 years are going to be gone in a flash which is scary in itself but yeah It is something we all do need to think about as women as we transition through each stage of our lives. And that's really what menopause is. It's another stage. It's another transition. We start off, we're born. We're babies. We're toddlers. We go through primary school. Then for some you're teenagers before you get your periods for others you're younger for myself I was 10 and when you hit that stage of starting your menstrual cycle you have started into that phase of womanhood and by god is it a roller coaster when you were going through puberty and we all know what that was like it was ups and downs ins outs couldn't understand anything and then we got used to it we got used to our monthly friend as my mother would call it coming along every month and letting us know that yes we are women and we are female and our periods give us the power to know what we can do and what we can create and like come on we bleed five to seven days and we don't die it's amazing really 
I've spoken about period shaming and the taboo around periods before. I won't get into it again. But yes, it they're all stages. So getting your period, starting your period, that's your first stage into being a woman. Your next stage is for most not all women but for a lot of women is becoming mothers that's the next stage of womanhood learning what it is to be a mother to be a carer going through life giving and then our next stage is menopause and that's when we start to wind down and say goodbye to our fertile days And there seems to be an awful lot of fear around menopause because when you think of menopause, you think automatically of aging and you're getting older and you're getting more wrinkles and you can't move as well as you used to and you're tired and basically you're getting old and there's so much fear surrounding age. But looking at it from a traditional sense, When you look at being a woman as a whole, there's the maiden, the witch and the crone. The maiden is a young woman starting out in life, still figuring her way, clawing through the earth, learning as she goes. Then you have the witch, a woman further on in life, but who has come into her power and who knows her strengths and who knows what she is capable of. And then you have the crone. And the crone, for some, and this is all down to mythology, twisting things, but to some the crone is like the Wicked Witch of the East, or was it the Wicked Witch of the West? I can't remember. But the crone is a symbol of wisdom. It's a symbol of knowing. It's that elder. When you look at different tribes, traditional tribes all across the globe, you look at the elder women for guidance. It's the elders who teach the younger women how to move through life, how to get tasks done, how to pass on knowledge and wisdom. And if anything, the crone is the most valuable in every tribe across the world. Over in the Amazon, you're really looking at the crone is the village shaman or cucundero or... These are the women who have the knowledge and the experience. So when I speak about menopause, I'm speaking about how now is the time where you get to come into your own and be a wise woman, but still being able to enjoy life to the fullest. My old lecturer told me my 30s would be the best years of my life because it's when I will... I will let loose and I will love my body and I'll be confident in myself and I'd have the best sex of my life and everything. And so far she's right. 
but then she also told me how when we transition into menopause, it's a tough transition. But that's because we're learning more and we're gaining more wisdom. But you reach another stage of freedom. Freedom of knowing that you've lived life, but you have so much more life left in you and so much more to give and so much wisdom to pass down to the women who are to come after you. So if anything, menopause really is that, that golden age. Like, yes, the golden girls, it is that golden age where you have the knowledge, you have the wisdom, you have the power and you can enjoy life while starting to slow down. But slowing down isn't a bad thing. Slowing down means absorbing everything around you, being present with everything around you and learning with every scenario because you now know there's a lesson in everything. That age old saying, youth is wasted on the young and it, it literally comes from everyone as they grow older thinking if they could go back knowing what they know now. And I think we all go through those stages too. If you could go back knowing what you know now, how different life would be. And that's what transitioning is about and that is what the different stages of life is about. So with menopause and perimenopause, it has come to my attention that not every woman knows about or has heard about perimenopause. And even speaking to my own mother, I asked her, while researching all this, I was asking her loads of questions and wanted to get some feedback. And I asked her straight out, ma'am, do you know what perimenopause is? And she was like, no, what's that? And I was like, okay, so this is the stage right before menopause. So I went in to ask her loads of questions over how long she went through menopause, when did it start, when did it end? Now, I do remember when she went through it. And I remember her saying to me that um, she actually apologised to me for the way she was. And I looked at her and I was like, you have nothing to apologise for. You had no control over your hormone fluctuations. You being upset or not being able to remember certain things or whatever symptoms she had was not her fault but I don't think she realised that she was going through perimenopause for a couple of years before menopause hit and a lot of women out there don't know about perimenopause so perimenopause this is the stage of life right before menopause and this is when things start slowing down now for most women it starts anywhere from around 40 to 55 but in the last few years, more and more women are noticing signs of perimenopause in their late 30s. Now, this unfortunately is down to periods starting earlier, also endocrine disruptors, external in our environment, in our foods, all around us, which are triggering the life stages to happen prematurely. But with perimenopause, Commonly, you'll start to notice changes in your monthly cycle. So either 
your periods they can become either heavier or more frequent and last a lot longer or else they can go away for a couple of months and then come back again or they can become quite scanty and they don't last very long at all it's basically all down to each individual woman but what exactly is going on for you here so your hormones are starting to change now um, your ovaries are releasing fewer eggs and you're coming to the end of your fertile years now in the first stages of perimenopause your progesterone levels are starting to de decline and with this brings a whole array of symptoms so you're looking at the likes of low mood insomnia headaches migraines low energy fatigue lethargy and anxiety some people have panic attacks inability to cope with stress and like easily flustered or irritated and just being extremely irritable and angry and those bursts of rage are really really common other symptoms like in Chinese medicine you're looking at floaters in your eyes ringing in your ears palpitations really bad palpitations dizziness dry hair skin brittle nails these are all common symptoms of perimenopause and menopause. But then the further you progress into menopause, this is when your estrogen will start to decline. And low estrogen is the culprit here for the likes of your hot flashes and night sweats. And estrogen is also really important for vaginal health. So if you're having excessive dryness or itchiness or a sore vagina or painful sex this is all down to lowered levels of estrogen and then as well with all these changes in hormones it's also bringing about a domino effect on other hormones your stress hormones and i talk about stress hormones and your sexual hormones being linked a lot but balanced levels of estrogen and progesterone actually help to keep the likes of insulin, cortisol, adrenaline, they, it keeps them all in check. And when these are knocked out, you'll see a huge change in your ability to manage stress and also the likes of how your body stores fat. You may start to notice a little bit of extra fat starting to accumulate around your hips and your tummy. Now this is normal and also like your metabolism may slow down a bit. But this is all normal for the aging process and that slowing down process and everything's just getting that little bit softer. And I know it can be hard to accept because, again, I think it's with society. It's anti-age this, anti-age that. Wrinkle cream here, eye cream there. Lose weight this way, here's your detox. Everything that's in the media is all about how to fix in commas what's wrong with you whereas there's nothing wrong with you you're going through a natural process in life and this is what happens we do become softer we are women we are the yin energy in Chinese medicine we're meant to be softer we're meant to be more fluid so it's learning to accept the natural progression of life But back to the likes of estrogen and stuff. Yes, I'm I tend to go off on my tangents, I apologise. But back to our estrogen. Like estrogen is really important for the likes of your good bone health. 
and joint health and you may start feeling a little stiffer as well. Now one of the most common side effects of menopause is osteoporosis and this is due to a lack of estrogen. Now the best thing you can do for yourself now is to start doing some weight-bearing exercises and that will literally increase your bone density. Yoga and Pilates are fantastic for core strength and flexibility and yes it can be weight-bearing using body weight but it's still not enough right now to really prevent the likes of bone atrophy. So starting a weightlifting class. Now they don't have to be heavy, heavy weights. But weightlifting will prove more beneficial now in the long run. Like look into classes in your area that combine weights with some light cardio and stretching. You want a little bit of cardio as well because all combined you'll end up increasing your mood, your metabolism and your bone density. So perimenopause can last anywhere from a few months to up to 10 years until you actually reach menopause. Now menopause doesn't officially start until you've gone one full year without a period. Now a lot of women once their periods have stopped for over a year can go back to like a relatively symptom-free life but for many others the symptoms can continue on for a few years and unfortunately in about 30% of women they will end up having symptoms lasting for up to 10, 15, even 20 years for some but again this is all specific to each woman and it's all specific to what treatment each woman is going under if it's HRT, if it's natural, if it's bioidentical hormones there there are loads of different options out there but it's all a matter of finding what is best for you and what suits you now what a lot of women don't actually realize though is that there are so many natural ways to support the body going through perimenopause and menopause and there are also preventative measures that can be taken to reduce the risks of osteoporosis and I give you a hint it's not milk the Harvard Medical School researchers conducted a 12 year long study which involved over 120,000 women throughout the US they found that women who drank two or more glasses of milk per day actually had a 45% higher risk of hip fractures than women who drank less You see, the problem actually lies with how the body absorbs calcium from milk and dairy. The calcium is not in fact deposited inside the bones, but on top of the bones. In turn, this is making your bones more brittle. But then there there are other risk factors as well for osteoporosis. So the likes of early menopause, a history of anorexia or bulimia, over-dieting, over or under-exercising, many missed periods high corticosteroid use, heavy alcohol consumption, heavy cigarette smoking, high prolonged stress levels and poor nutrient absorption. And as you can see here, like all the risk factors, they're coming down to too much or too little of something. It's why the World Health Organization and doctors and healthcare practitioners talk about a balanced lifestyle and keeping the body in check and in check in as natural a way as possible.
But when it comes to menopause and perimenopause as well, there are so many other symptoms. Like your osteoporosis isn't a symptom of menopause. It can be a side effect of menopause. But when you're going through perimenopause and menopause, the symptoms that are there can be quite debilitating. And I've talked about it a lot this week. Like the likes of your hot flushes, mood disorders, insomnia, dry skin, hair, nails, or not dry nails, but brittle nails, and vaginal atrophy, vaginal dryness, low libido, irritability, anxiousness, panic attacks. There's so much there. And there are different ways of treating these. Now, the orthodox method would be HRT. But there are some doctors now who are reluctant to use HRT. So HRT, your hormone replacement therapy, was originally called estrogen replacement therapy. And it replaces low levels of estrogen that occur at menopause. Now, yes, low levels of estrogen can cause many of the above symptoms. Like I said, the hot flashes, depression, vaginal dryness, loss of sex drive. But it has become become known now that HRT, especially estrogen-only preparations, are actually really linked to increased risk of endometrial and breast cancers. And there's also a link between long-term use of the contraceptive pill and needing higher doses of estrogen replacement when menopause comes. But like I said, doctors are now advising patients to try alternative options first. But specifically with women who still have their wombs, they're, if nothing else is working and they decide to go down the HRT route, they're being asked to opt for the combination therapies just to reduce the risks of your endometrial cancers and your breast cancer. But unfortunately, these two have their risks of, of cancers and heart disease and stroke and atherosclerosis there are a lot of side effects and it's because there hasn't been HRT is only around in the last 50 years okay not 50 probably 60 years now at this stage and there's not enough long-term research done on it whereas the sexual organ cancers have increased in the last 20-30 years and through studies and correlations that it's it's been brought to light that estrogen replacement therapy can be more harmful than good in the long run so what is it then that you can do for yourself to help support all these menopausal symptoms because don't get me wrong from having many a client and watching all the women in my family go through menopause I know it's no easy feat so there have to be ways that you can help yourself and there are so like there are loads of plants that contain isoflavones which are similar in structure to estrogen they're called phytoestrogens now these phytoestrogens are beneficial for the body to create its own natural hormone replacement therapy as such so consuming the likes of phytoestrogen rich foods that will in turn help to increase your estrogen and progesterone levels combined 
So adding in the likes of fermented soya like miso or tempeh, it's really good phytoestrogen. Again, organic. Because when you're looking at soy products, they are heavily sprayed. Soy is one of the most heavily sprayed plants or crops, should I say, in the world at the moment with herbicides and pesticides. So when you're using soy products, always make sure that they're organic and non-GMO. Then also organic grains, because again, grains, crops, they're also sprayed. Then chickpeas, hummus, sweet potatoes, yams, organic flax seeds. These are all really rich in phytoestrogens, which will help to balance your natural levels of estrogen and progesterone, in turn reducing the symptoms. Then also looking at reducing out the likes of alcohol, sugar, refined carbs and caffeine is really important just for your absorption of your vitamins and minerals. Alcohol, sugar, care not carbs, but refined carbohydrates, the processed slice pan, that kind of stuff. That actually damages the lining of your gut wall and you cannot absorb the vitamins and minerals from the food that you're consuming. So reducing these high inflammatory foods out will also help. Then there are supplements. So the likes of your B vitamins, getting yourself a really good B complex. I always recommend the BioCare. The likes of B1, 2, 6 and 12 help to support normal energy yielding metabolism and also reduces fatigue and lethargy and as well as improving psychological function because we all know when it comes to imbalanced hormones, it's kind of gone to crazy town. But unfortunately, it, it is a symptom of hormones being all over the place or mood is completely distorted. So then the likes of your eating primrose oil. Sorry, evening primrose oil and then your other essential fatty acids, all again for brain function and mood. Then your vitamin D3 and K2 for your bone health. You need vitamin D to be able to absorb calcium into your bones. Then there's herbs, so many herbs. Again, these are plants that contain isoflavones. Again, that structure that's similar to estrogen. So Black cohosh is the most widely renowned herb for its phytochemicals in the sports of the likes of hot flashes, anxiety, depression, vaginal atrophy and low libido. And unfortunately in Ireland this is a restricted herb and it can only be given by either a herbalist or a doctor by prescription. So if you've tried everything under the sun and stairs and you can't get your hands on black cohosh, what I would recommend is actually seeking out a herbalist, going to a herbalist for a consultation. To be honest, going to a herbalist anyway, you will have a formula that is specific to yourself. So like you can always go onto the Irish Register of Herbalists and they will have a list of herbalists in your area that you can go to with their contact details. So always check them out. Then one that you can get your hands on is sage. And sage is commonly used to help regulate temperature. So if you're too hot, it'll actually cool you down. And if you're too cold, it'll warm you up. So it's ideal for night sweats and hot flushes because with night sweats, you could be sweating for 10, 20, 30 minutes. You're losing an awful lot of bodily fluid through the sweat. 
and then when they stop you actually get chills so then you become very cold and this is the drawback when it comes to night sweats for women especially in winter time they tend to pick up a lot of colds and flus easily so sage is a really important herb to have on hand just to regulate out that temperature and ladies mantle this herb Again, it's a lovely female tonic and it'll help to regulate hormones and support all menopausal symptoms and as well as wild jams. Um, wild jams have steroidal saponins and they help to regulate estrogen and progesterone levels to support all the symptoms of menopause again. And then when it comes to the mood and the anxiety and panic, what you're really looking for are nervines. So herbs that will help support the nervous system and support that brain chatter so the likes of skullcap skullcap is a phenomenal herb which just helps to calm the mind as well as the nervous system so you know when you're lying in bed at night and you have that yap 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 constantly over and over and over and over in your head well skullcap will help to reduce that or help to support that and lemon balm is a really nice uplifting herb so that helps to support low mood it'll think of the sunshine when you think of lemon balm it just helps to brighten everything around you and then passiflora again a really nice nervine and chamomile very nourishing to the nervous system and these will all help to reduce nervous tension and anxiety but when it comes to the nervous system the first things first that i would always reach for would be magnesium and I always recommend MAG365. It's a really good supplement. And when your hormones are all over the place like this and you're not really sure how to cope and you're stressed and your muscles are aching and your joints are aching, magnesium is a go-to supplement because it nourishes the nervous system. It creates the outer coating called the myelin sheath. And it also helps to support muscles and reduce muscle tension. So if you're stressed, more than likely your shoulders are up around your ears and you have shoulder tension. So getting yourself a good magnesium, like I said, the MAG365. It's the one I always use. But yeah, there are so many different options out there. And there are so many different health practitioners out there who can help you with certain things and even your doctor like going to your doctor and getting your bloods test tested to see where your hormone levels are that's really important just so you know where you are on the progression of menopause and knowing that it's okay to be going through menopause. Every woman has to go through it. Every woman who has come before you has gone through it. All of your ancestors, all the women who have come before you in your family line have gone through menopause. And just think of all the lessons you learned from those women who have gone before you. Like I said, it's down to the maiden, the witch and the crone. We learn our lessons from the women who have gone before us, who have learned so much throughout life, who have the knowledge, who have the wisdom and the ability to teach us. So know that now it's your time to pass on those lessons and to pass on that wisdom 
and to pave the way for the generations who are following in your footsteps. So that is this week's episode and I hope it helped. I hope you got something from it. If anybody has any other questions, feel free to get in touch, slide into my DMs, send me a text, tag me, whatever you want to do. So for now, happy Thursday everyone and happy hormones.